0: and you're listening to 3CR Community Radio.
1: Come
2: to me sweetly, this love of great pain.
0: Asia-Pacific Currents. News and labour issues from the Asia-Pacific region.
1: We strongly condemn the the police that
2: arrest uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock
0: on Community Radio 3CR. Workers of the world should
1: unite to fight this greedy capitalist
2: brought to you by Australia-Asia Worker Links. Good morning and welcome to Asia-Pacific Currents this Saturday, the 5th of February, the first Saturday for 2021, which means, Pierre, we are live in the studio for the first time in about a year and also our first show for the year.
0: That's right. That's right. And I was just, um, I think, yeah, I haven't panelled for almost a year, Giselle, and so I was thinking, oh, what are these dials? Which ones do I have to turn don't, and which way? Don't and,
2: believe the hype, and, listeners. Uh, Pierre's just incompetent. He's he's so, always been useless at the panel.
0: That, well, well, <laughs> listeners, uh, can I show you though? There has been one um, positive. Uh, development here because we are COVID safe so now we have perspex glass uh, between us so Giselle cannot hit me I cannot whack him anymore. over So over that's uh, for me I feel much much my mental health has just improved so much are you going to
2: remove the um, um, intervention order now that there's a piece of perspex between us and I actually can't assault you anymore um, well, <laughs> we'll wait and
0: see we'll wait and see we'll wait and see so anyway it's fantastic to be back uh, though live and thanks to all the listeners. Um, I, I, I will say, I'm sorry, Pierre, before we yeah. go
2: on. I mean, the, the studios really had, the whole station has really been converted to a COVID safe space. And as you know, as the listeners who support us ju- politically as well as financially, it was no small task for the, ta- for the staff at 3CR to do that. We, you know, they sought donations, they sought funding in order to um, install all of the studios with perspex and to keep all of the studios stocked with um ppe with um sanitizer and so on so just a huge shout out to 3cr staff for an extraordinary effort to to keep us all safe
0: that's right uh- Fully agree with that, uh, Giselle, and thank you. So um, on this uh, the first uh, um, program of the year, Giselle, obviously we'll do a bit of a roundup of news from the region, but what's on the second half of the show?
2: That's right. I spoke with Marie Onis and Crystal McKinnon, two women involved in the Warriors of the Aboriginal Resistance. So we did a very short recap of the rally, but really what we talked about was what is on the political agenda in the Aboriginal rights movement for the year or, or, or even where to from here because Invasion Day has been building as an extraordinary mainstay event on the political calendar what do we do with that energy?
0: Um, sounds fantastic. And that's a very good question. I look forward to listening to it. So um, that is in the second half. of It'll come on about uh, 14 past nine o'clock. But, so we better move on. We've got seven news items. A bit of a recap for the last um, few months. I'll go first. Uh, we go to Myanmar, obviously. Where earlier this week on Monday, the military in Myanmar initiated a military coup by arresting most leading politicians, annulling the recent election and suspended the constitution. The military um, only relinquished power in 2011 after almost 50 years of military rule. Now, the actual reasons behind this coup coup are still unclear, as the military had drawn up the current constitution to guarantee itself almost complete power, while the uh, NLD-led civilian government had backed the military Uh, against the um, military campaign against the Rohingyas, both internally and internationally. While the military has has stated that it has that it stepped in to rectify the widespread fraud of last November's elections, speculation is mounting that the new coup leader, Senior General Min Aung Liang, was uh, concerned that the NLD continued popularity would eventually erode the military's power in the future. A campaign of civil uh, disobedience has started, including health workers who have sta- staged a series of strikes and have become begun wearing red ribbons. And for people in Melbourne, there is a protest uh, in about two hours at 11am at Federation Square.
2: And moving now to the Philippines where <clears throat> the wave of repression continues. Late last year in December, we brought you news about the arrest of seven Labor activists in Manila under the guise of terrorism charges. While there's an ongoing international campaign to support these activists, the repression by the government continues. On the 30th of December, uh, last year, nine indige- indigenous Tumandok farmers in the Philippines were killed by death squads on the island of Panay. All those killed were members and leaders of Tumandok, a local organisation actively opposing major multi million dollar construction projects that encroach upon their lands. Sixteen others were arrested and remain in detention under charges of terrorism. On the 20th of January, the Cordillera Regional Director of the Philippine National Police issued a shoot-to-kill order against Cordillera Indigenous leader Wendell Bolanghet, uh, and that was in the event that he resisted arrest. Wendell is facing murder charges for an incident in 2018 in the southern island of Mindanao, even though there's no evidence he'd travelled to Mindanao at any time in 2018.
0: Just shocking news, um, really, there. And we now go to the Pacific, to New Caledonia, where on Wednesday of this week, the government of New Caledonia collapsed after five pro-independence politicians from the FLNKS, the National Union for Independence Group, resigned. This crisis has been brought on by two intertwined issues. The first one is the proposed um, sale of the Brazilian Vale Nickel Um, factory. Indigenous uh, people have been waging months of struggle against its sale to another global company as they want a local company to acquire it so that it can enact better environmental and labour standards. At the same time, following the independence referendums in 2018 and 2020, preparations should be underway for a new referendum that is supposed to be held late next year. Although in both referendums the decision was to remain as a French protectorate, the margin has been shrinking with expectations that the 2022 referendum will be incredibly close.
2: And moving now to Iran, uh, on the 26th of January, demonstrations were held in 20 major Iranian cities um, in front of Social Security Administration and Social Welfare officers. The demonstrators had gathered to protest against continuing high prices, poverty, inflation and economic hardship. In addition, there were many calls for the release of labour and social activists. During the last wave of nationwide protests against the increasing levels of poverty in October of last year, the government unleashed a wave of arrests. One of those arrests one of those activists arrested is sixty four year old labor activist Mehran Rauf, who has been held in solitary confinement since his arrest at his house on the sixteenth of october there 's an international campaign calling for his immediate release
0: and um, We move uh, back to our, uh, close to Australia to Thailand. While in the second um, half of last year there seemed to have been a pause in the use of repressive legislation like the Les Magist Law, the Anti-Sedition Act and the Computer Crimes Act, it would seem that with the new year the government has decided to step up its attacks on the opposition. On the 18th of January, An Chan, a 63-year-old woman, was sentenced to 43 years in jail for posting audio clips from a podcast on social media six years ago that allegedly insulted the monarchy. A couple of days later, Thanathorn Jungru Grung Kit, an opposition politician, was hit with 11 separate Les Majest charges for making comments about the involvement of a palace-owned company in the, in the bid to secure a coronavirus vaccine. He's now facing a, a sentence of over 130 years. Now, since late December, uh, human rights activists um, um, believe that at least 40 opposition activists have been charged um, under the Les Majest, um, Act.
2: And now to Kazakhstan. The local government of Shimkent have recently filed a lawsuit to suspend the 4,500 strong Trade Union of Fuel and Energy Industry Workers which covers workers in the oil, metallurgical and energy sectors in Kazakhstan. While the lawsuit is based on legal arguments, human rights activists believe that a number of companies, including the oil construction company, the West Oil and Bozashi Trans Kurilis Company, are the ones driving this offensive. Unfortunately, this case is a continuation of the government's anti-union agenda that has followed the 2017 dissolution of the Confederation of Independent Trade Unions of Kazakhstan and the jailing of the previous leader of that union, Erlan Baltabay, in mid-2019. Of course, the oil industry is such a strategic industry, you would never want um, the workers to have any power there.
0: That's right, that's right. And we go now to our last story, to Turkey, where since the start of the year... When Meli um, Bulu was appointed by Turkish President Erdogan to head Bogazici University, one of Turkey's top educational institutions, there have been a series of protests by students and academics. Bulu, who is a longtime member of Erdogan's ruling Justice and Development Party, is seen as a political appointment, and um, his appointment was a move to rein in academic independence. The protest in the last couple of weeks has spread nationwide and have become a new focus of political opposition to President Erdogan following hundreds of arrests um, of protesters by police forces. This week, the political temperature uh, went up further when demvlet Bacelli, chair of the National- Nationalist Movement Party and ally of President Erdogan, called the protesters poisonous snakes as well as vandals and barbarians, while President Erdogan has labelled them as terrorists. The protests are continuing, and that's the end of the roundup for uh, for this week. Uh, Giselle, another uh, full uh, news of uh, of struggles and um, hard hard news.
2: Let's just go to a very very quick announcement and get straight into that interview.
3: My name is Mariki and I'm from the Ghanai and Gunditjmara people and I'm also an organiser of Warriors of the Aboriginal Resistance and attended the Invasion Day
1: rally on the 26th of January. My name is Crystal McKinnon. I'm a Yamaji woman. I work at RMIT as a research fellow and I also organise with Warriors of the Aboriginal the Resistance I also attended Invasion Day.
2: So, um, Crystal and Mariki, thank you both so much and welcome to the show today. Um, and this is this is five years now, I think, or six years that we've been working together on, um, a, a, you know, the, these solidarity kinds of pieces of work and particularly the Invasion Day, the Black Lives Matter and the deaths in custody demonstrations. And I think it's always useful to speak after a demonstration, not just about, you know, how powerful having that number of people on the streets is in support of these movements, but also kind of like a a where to So this year is the 30-year anniversary of the Royal Commission into Aboriginal Deaths in Custody. I know that was a major feature of the Invasion Day rally this year. I guess, Mariki, um, this is uh, sounding like it's going to be a focus of your activism for this year. Tell me a little bit about what you're thinking and what you're planning.
3: But I think for us it's kind of... um... Business as usual, yes, those two major events are coming up and they're opportunities to um, grow the movement, gain support and and, um, extend the fight. But, you know, we do a lot of um, internal organising within community and obviously the focus will be on um, building on that, I think, you know, I think building on solidarity um, and um, making sure that solidarity can be done properly and alloship, but also, um, you know, building on the pre-existing initiatives that we've got going already and making sure that, um, yeah, just building on our existing initiatives that we're doing within our group and, um, yeah, I think that's where we'll be looking this year.
2: And Crystal, is the 30-year anniversary of the Royal Commission significant for you, do you think, or um, business as usual, the work just keeps going?
1: Yeah, I think uh, Mariki's right when, and I, um, when she's talking about um, them being a moment that we can galvanise more support in the fight for um, justice for, I guess, families of people who have died in custody and also you know, communities that are criminalized, and including Indigenous communities. Um, I think that um, it's yeah, like these these anniversaries and things are just kind of moments that capture the broader community's attention. But um, you know, the fight for you know rights and justice and um, continues every day in you know in in our communities. So. I do want to say that I
3: know that um, families who've lost loved ones in custody are organising around um, the 30th anniversary, and there is a call to action. They've asked. There's a petition to meet with the prime minister. Now, it's not lost, you know that that the royal commission is a reformist agenda, and you know I want to. Just shout out to the families and throw my support and encourage everyone to throw their support around the um, independent grassroots organising around the families who've lost um, people in custody. I, I, I can't say whether it's the first, but I I know that this is a significant um, coalition yeah. and it doesn't come around often, if it, if ever. So um, I want to. I just want to say that that will be also focus um, for me personally is that I want to support the families in their call for justice this year and how they want to do that Um, and you know that's something that I'll be doing and I know that they want to meet with the Prime Minister but it's not lost on the families that that may be a fruitless exercise. I think it's about the action um, and it's marking the anniversary and um, shining a light on the failures of the last 30 years and um, maybe we can look away from the reformist agenda and um, maybe more to the abolitionist perspective on um, on stopping black deaths in custody. But, you know, I'm happy to be led by the families and I can't stress enough that it's so important for us to listen, um, especially people that are in the activist space as well and organising space, um, that people with lived experience actually, there's a actually we need to listen to them um and they have insights that we don't so um that's just sort of a a message that I wanted to get across to
2: yeah there's an opportunity in April coming up both of you have spoken about revolutionary politics and that the task in front of us isn't just reformism because that's tinkering at the edges of the system and really we need to bring it down but revolutionary politics aren't inherent you know they can be logical for certain oppressed communities but there is um, such a task of learning what comrades before us have learned learning from the mistakes that they've made building on the lessons of the past etc and Marika you also talked about really um, uh, working inside the community with members of the community and Crystal you talked about education so How much of a role is there for us as activists to actually do that educational work with new comrades, activists coming up after us, ahead of us, around us? Um, And how formal should that education work be? How do we actually impart our knowledge? Well, I mean...
3: That's a really difficult, that's a good question and that's something that we grapple with every day. How do we make what we're all talking about and thinking about and acting on more something that's um, worthy of consuming for the everyday person that's just trying to get by and survive, you know? Um, that's a really good question and we're trying to do like Crystal writes amazing articles and, um, you know, we're always contributing to the public commentation on, commentary sorry on um on black politics and it's constant and I, I guess you can say that's one of the positives of having social media but it also obviously has its limitations um my answer is I don't have an answer to your question Giselle but I'll be listening to Crystal's answer
1: <laughs> <In case> you- <laughs> I think, um you know <sighs> It's, it, there's so many there's so many um, different avenues for education I guess like it's in the conversations I have with both of you you know when I see you it's um, you know I think there's this kind of you know critical conversations we have with each other in more kind of everyday ways and then there's also you know it's, it's, you know radio um, you know public forums articles um, it's in the classroom. It's you know, Ricky and I a few years ago attended that amazing um the community policing one. What was that called, Ricky? Do you remember that? Um, that was um how
3: to how to organise away from triple zero. How okay. to stop triple zero or something like that. And it was run yeah.
1: by Rachel. Rachel, Rachel Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, those sorts of, so when, when you say formal things, when you talk about formal education, Giselle, I know that we've been talking about, um, as a collective, like how do we kind of create, you know, run these types of workshops that are being done in the U S are really exciting and useful ways, I think, to, um, kind of organize within the community. Um, and I don't think that we do that enough here in Australia, um, yeah like there's so many different ways I think that um yeah I don't know how does education happen and you know continually also educating ourselves right learning new things and reading other people and listening to other people all the time um I don't know I don't have a good answer either just that
0: I, think I always
1: continually learning from all of you, all of you and everybody and that um we're always very mindful of how we can do education as well back within to the community, the mainstream to, you know, that sort of thing.
2: I think those were great answers and part of I think what we as activists need to have a bit more confidence to do is to say um, we don't know or, yeah, that's that's a real challenge and we're still figuring that one out. And, um, you know, I have immense respect for both of you for, you um, is saying that, you know, we this is an area we need to work towards and we're still figuring out how to do it respectfully and openly and honestly, but also effectively. And I think that is the challenge that has faced activists for millennia is how to Mm. is how to do that. So I guess we all just keep working on it.
3: That's so funny. Um I just remembered something, Giselle. Actually Crystal, you're quite like that too towards me. Um You two are just really good at pulling us up, like just pulling us aside because obviously, you know, Crystal, you've you've got a PhD in history, so you've very you know you've got like a wealth of knowledge and you know, Giselle, you I feel like I can just ring you all the time, actually both of you, just for political advice or um organizing advice. And that's a thing, like we do rely on each other, but I'll never forget how you could not be any More obvious, Giselle, but in a real kind way, you're like, you just need to read more, and I was just like, not not in those words, but um, I got the point. (laughs) Um, And it's good when you can have those open and honest um, dialogues because, you know, um, I'm still a student too, you know, and I think that being in that space too, and how do we all learn together as a community, and how do we take that information from institutions. Or wherever they might sit, in the in the minds of our most intellectual community members, and make it accessible to every single community member, so they can self-organise.
2: Yeah. Well, I just as a final question, I wanted to um, raise the issue of solidarity movements, and I know that we refer to these people as allies. I'm not into that languaging but I accept that's what we're using that's a a whole topic for another interview but what advice or um, comments what words would you say for any allies out there that want to be involved in a um, in solidarity with these movements how can people get involved and how should they be how should they act how should they operate once they enter the aboriginal solidarity movement space
1: I just I think that people need to listen and like like we're talking about at the start of this conversation, to get behind safety deaths in custody, like listen to the families and get behind what they're calling for. Like always get behind the community. And um I'm not sure how kind of the allies organize themselves, but there's lots of really um, uh active uh ally groups I guess Um, like there's the Muslim block the Jewish block the Asian solidarity block there's all these kind of communities of people that self-organise and do kind of self-education around um, Indigenous fights for justice Um, yeah I just say listen support show up you know, donate your time, labour, money, all of those types of things.
3: Ricky, oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Look, I agree with everything Crystal says, and I think we're getting in a space now where we're getting good at it. Um, you know, I I, I, I still obviously need to do my own personal research to form my own politics around solidarity and allied politics, but um. I don't have an answer to that specifically, but I will say one good example of solidarity is the work of solidarity work that they do with us. Well, yeah, um,
1: of Giselle. <laughs> yeah, like I must
3: say that <laughs> that's I I'm really motivated by um like I'm like I think that I'm just really motivated by that those acts of solidarity. Um and um me i i felt really i hate the word hope i want to figure out another thing that we can use as organizers and activists that's not hope because i don't like the word hope it's some, there's something really just about hope that i don't i don't like that but for want of a better word i want to say maybe hopeful for now um i'm just really proud of how everyone got together for that invasion day and and i love how organized we were i love how trained we were i love how we got together and there was discipline, and not everybody. We weren't here talking about, oh, well, that person posted this on um, social media three weeks ago, so we're not going to work with them. Like, I feel like we've grown as a movement and um, as maybe an activist community to um, just like work together. And for me, that just looked like real good work. And we were working in, and, and it, you know, we pulled, but one of them, in my opinion, one of the most amazing feats off in 2021 to pull off that COVID plan to shut Murdoch and the government and the police up about us not being able to protest. So um, I don't have the answer. Yeah, to incredible, question. yeah. That's incredible. Really amazing act of solidarity. Mm.
1: It's incredible that the it's incredible that that was that 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 was pulled off. It really was. Invasion Day was pulled off in a way that um, in melbourne that yeah you're right mickey like it's like no one can critique it right 3tr community radio 855 a.m
2: 29 minutes past 9 o'clock here on Community Radio 3CR. This is Asia Pacific Currents, and we are in the final seconds of our first show for 2021.
0: Pierre Fantastic, fantastic. And we did forget to say who brings you APC oh, we week. did.
2: It is AAWL. Very quickly, uh, go to Facebook and Twitter to find us and you'll get more news and current affairs from the region. We'll do that better next week, listeners. Oh, that's right, um, that's right. And did you back announce the interview? Well, I'm just from
0: concern, we're running out of time, but that was Mariki and Crystal from
2: the Warriors of the Aboriginal Resistance.
0: And that's all that we have from you. My name is uh, Pierre Morrow. We'll be back next week. And
2: I'm Giselle Hanna, and stay tuned to 3CR for Palestine Remembered. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR
3: in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.